The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Cruise Radio. I cruise a lot, and I always sail with travel insurance. You should, too. Get a free quote today at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio, a review of the brand new Celebrity Ascent out of Port Everglades. Sheldon just returned from it literally like a day ago or so, and he's here to share all the details about Celebrity Cruise's new ship. But first, staff writer Richard Sims is back with Cruise News. Hey, Richard. Hey, Doug. Tragic news out of Florida. Yeah, this one is rough. It seems a 16-year-old boy fell from a balcony on board Allure of the Seas as the Royal Caribbean ship was sailing from Port Canaveral to the Bahamas on a three-night voyage. It happened on Saturday. There's not a whole lot of information available, in part because the cruise line said they wanted to you know, keep their commentary on this to a minimum out of respect for the family. What we do know is that passengers who were on board reported that around 3 a.m. an announcement was made asking for people who, you know, could be blood donors to come forward. Uh, The teen was apparently taken to the hospital and died shortly thereafter. Uh, It was a, like I said, it was a three-day trip, um, and the ship returned, and there didn't seem to be – there's not really any word about any investigation or what caused it. Obviously, whenever something like this happens, there's all kinds of speculation, but I think that's the kind of stuff that you know is just worth staying away from and just let the family – uh, you know, deal with their loss and any and their their travel companions. And you know, obviously, uh, we we send our thoughts their way. But I think the less said, the better. In some cases, kind of feels weird jumping from that story to this story. But the world's largest ship in the history of cruise ships was recently delivered to Royal Caribbean. I've talked a lot in the past about the fact that. Royal Caribbean gets a whole lot of press coverage every time they roll out a new ship that, you know, because it's an inch or two longer than the previous vessel, is proclaimed to be the world's largest. But in this case, it's not just a little bigger, it's a lot bigger. And uh, this is the Icon of the Seas, which is uh, probably the best word to describe it is humongous. This week, the proverbial keys were handed over from the shipyard to Royal Caribbean, putting um, Icon of the Seas one step closer to her debut in January of 2024. It's, it's kind of interesting. In this case, the ship is so big that some of the publicity they're getting with regards to this has created a little bit of a backlash. Now, obviously, it's probably mostly among non-cruisers, but you'll recall that a little while back, a rendering went out, and it basically showed sort of a telescopic lens view of the aft of the ship. And, you know, and and it was, you know, seeing it, it was it was huge, and, and it just sort of struck a lot of people. And it actually, between that and the fact that, you know, they were, it was revealed that it holds up to 7,600 passengers at full capacity, not, men, not to mention another, like, 25, 2,600 crew members 
that caused some people to freak out. A psychiatrist actually told the Huffington Post that the rendering of the ship probably triggered people because they wound up imagining bad things happening and being unable to escape. You know, being on a ship with 7,600 people, not including crew, and something going on. But of course, the real test, especially for those of us in, you know, who love cruising, will come when the ship welcomes guests and we find out how well she handles those crowds. Because it's one thing, you know, we, we've, we've been on ships that are, you know, 6,000, 6,500 7,600 people is a lot of people at full capacity, and so this is a ship that's been designed with multi-generational family vacations in mind, uh, but it will be interesting to see what the reports are as it starts sailing as far as how it handles those crowds, especially on, you know, we always say, how does a ship handle on a sea day? How does it find ways to spread out all of those people? I can't wait to hear about it. Yeah, it also, it makes me wonder, like, what is the barometer for, like, where do we stop, you know? I have thought that as well. I mean, I will admit, you know, I I don't mind a big ship. I Mm -hmm. like big ships. But I admit, I looked at this and I said, that is a lot of people. (laughs) 7,600 people is, you know... That is, we always talk about ships being small cities. That's not even a small town anymore. That's like a fairly large town. I, I, I would like to think that this is probably the extreme. Now, I do believe that somewhere, someone out there, whether it's a shipment for the U.S. market or another market, someone is going to breach the 10,000 mark. Someone is going to make a ship that carries 10,000 people. Well, uh, yeah. I, I don't want to be on it. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, uh, speaking of new ships, Norwegian Cruise Line, they actually just christened theirs. Yeah, this is the Viva. And, you know, it's actually been sailing since August. And this happens sometimes in it, 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 these days. I don't remember it happening years ago, but certainly much more recently, where a ship sails for a while, and then they eventually get around to having a christening. And that's been the case here. The ship's been sailing since August, but they had their official christening in Miami this last week. You can actually watch the whole ceremony. It's on the company's YouTube channel. And I did watch, and I have to say it felt a little low-key. You know, I've been to a few of these things over the years, and they're all basically the same. But the speeches at this one seem to go on for a really long time. Anyway, the ship is now on its first voyage out of Miami, which is not its maiden voyage, because like I said, it's been sailing since August. But when it gets back from this sailing, it'll head to Puerto Rico, and it will begin uh, homeporting in Puerto Rico on December 15th, and it'll spend the next little while there. Yeah, it's been interesting to watch the, I don't know if you remember this, Richard, like when your first, I can't remember when your first like christening was, but do you remember when they used to be, um, now I'm talking christening ceremonies here, not like handover stuff, but um, you made me think of this. They used to be really long and drawn out. And nowadays they're like, you're in and out in like less than 45 minutes. Right. Like I, well, I remember, for example, the sunrise. Sunrise mm-hmm. had a really fun one. It was pretty quick. It was, there were a couple of speeches, but there was also like, it, it just, it went really quick. They had a a, um, a special art display of that champagne bottle, the giant champagne bottle mm-hmm. that they had had commissioned specifically for the ship. And the whole thing, as you would expect from Carnival, felt kind of fun. Watching the Norwegian one was not fun, to be honest. Yeah. It, it just, they, they really went on forever. And Norwegian has also canceled uh, quite a few sailings, not 
just a couple. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, a whole lot of guests were impacted by this one. Uh, and we're talking thousands of would-be passengers because Norwegian canceled all sailings of the Norwegian Sun that were supposed to set sail between March 28th and November 3rd of 2025. They did this for what they're calling a fleet redeployment. And this actually comes on the heels of them also canceling about eight sailings of the Norwegian Escape, which were set to sail between January and March of 2025. In both cases, guests who had already been booked were offered a full refund, of course, and they were also being given a 10% future cruise credit. Now, when I first heard that, I was like, 10%, that doesn't really sound like much. It sounds like kind of on the low side where a future cruise credit goes. But I assume the logic here is that the guests, it's not like they're canceling at the last minute. It's not like, you know, this is even six months away. They have a lot of time to rebook, given that these sailings were all in 2025 that are being canceled. But I guess that's one of the, you know, the drawbacks they they like to encourage you to book as early as possible because it gives them a good idea of what the, how, of what their booking curve is, but it also gives you them that that bank of deposit money that is sitting in their account instead of yours. I've done it. I'm I'm in the process right now of booking a cruise to Alaska for 2025. But you do have that fear when you book that far ahead. Ugh. What if something goes wrong? What if, what if they decide to change it between now and then? And depending on the type of cruise you're booking, that can be a real pain in the butt if you have to, you know, completely rebook everything involved with it. So it's kind of one of the pros and cons of booking in advance. And NCL isn't the only one canceling. I don't like having to say I told you so, but oh, who am I kidding? As Cruise Radio's resident skeptic, I love saying I told you so. And at least a year ago, I called Balderdash on this whole Life at Sea three-year cruise. It just it just didn't smell right from the beginning. And I've been saying it ever since. And sure enough, the company finally acknowledged that they didn't have a ship and that the sailing was canceled. Unfortunately, this left some people stranded in more ways than one. Not only were there people who'd like gone to Istanbul to board the ship when it was supposed to set sail, but a lot of them sold their homes and their belongings, and it could take months for them to get their money back, and that's assuming they do get their money back. I won't be a bit surprised if they don't see a penny of that money back, but wait, the really, really messed up part is still to come, because... Right now, you can go on that website for that Life at Sea, and as of this recording, you can still book a room on this ship that they have now said is not sailing. The site is functional. It's still, I went today, and I, you know, if I had $87,000, I could have put a deposit down on a room on a non-existent ship. But wait, there's still more. It gets even more messed up because... Kendra Holmes, who only resigned from Life at Sea a week ago as the CEO, is now trying to sell people on another long-term, round-the-world cruise through a company called HLC Cruises, because apparently there are still people out there willing to put a down payment on the Brooklyn Bridge when the bridge has not yet been constructed. That was the thing about this from the beginning was, you know, they showed pictures of a ship, but... It was not, and they didn't really, they weren't really clear about this, but it was not the ship they were planning to use. And then they did enter into plans to buy an Aida ship, but those fell through because another line purchased it. And they really, toward the la- over the last month or so, as this was really 
you know, kind of falling apart in front of our eyes, not just behind the scenes, but everybody could see that it was falling apart. They really kind of continued to be just a disorganized, disreputable mess. So I feel terrible for all the people who had booked on this and were planning on spending the next three years and sold their houses because, you know, they are literally stranded now. And it'll be interesting to see what the company ends up doing as far as refunds and they've offered to help fly these people home and give them um, stipends for a hotel room until December 1st so that they can make arrangements to go back home. But I have a feeling this story is not yet over. Yeah. It's also, it makes me wonder too about there's another company out there that's been touting something for almost 10 years called Storylines. And now they deferred the ship until 2026, but they're just, they're doing another marketing campaign trying to do like, you can now sublet your room, but I'm like, you could sublet a room that's not even built or won't be built for two years, and who knows if it will be built. Right. I said the same thing about stories as we've covered it. I've said it's it sounds wonderful, and the ship renderings are beautiful, and in this case, it wasn't a cruise line buying a ship. It was a cruise line building a ship, but they hadn't had it. They had no contracts with any shipyards. They have no, you know, there's no, there's no evidence that this ship is actually being built. And so, you know, how long until we find out that this one too is kind of a pie in the sky type situation? Yeah. Well, if you have a few million or several million dollars, you can buy a former cruise line executive's mansion. Sixteen million to be exact. So this is the home of Frank Del Rio, who until recently was the CEO of Norwegian. And uh, he bought this house for about two point five million. It it was a little unclear in the reporting, but I believe that he is now selling it like fully furnished. And he has spent a lot on furnishings and artwork. There's um, if you want to pay extra this, the artwork is not included, but there's about a million dollars worth of artwork that you could also throw in. He actually said to the, I believe it's the Orlando Weekly or some paper in Orlando he was doing an interview with, and he said that the reason he was selling is he wanted to have more time to go on cruises because apparently when you're the head of a cruise line, you don't get a lot of time to actually go on cruises, or at least, you know, that's that's the line he's selling. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, like I said, $16 million, uh, which tells you just how much money this man made. <laughs> All right, staff writer Richard Sims, as always, thank you. And we'll try to get, uh, actually, we might try to get you next week. I'll be on a sailing, but if the winds blow in our favor, we'll talk next week. <laughs> Let's see how Starlink does for us. Yep, thanks, bud. Have a question or a comment for the show? Send an email or voice memo to Doug at cruiseradio.net. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. The world is constantly changing. 
Your place for news is still the same. Online and on demand at cruiseradio.net. Sheldon is fresh off the boat. He was on the very first, the unofficial, official inaugural sailing of Celebrity Ascent. It was a cruise down to Cozumel and back from Port Everglades, and he joins us on the line. How you doing, my friend? Doing well, Doug. Thanks for having me on the show again. Was this your first time ever doing like the very first cruise of a ship? This was the first time doing a inaugural sailing and there's nothing like that new ship smell. So you had to make your way down to South Florida to Port Everglades. Any pre-cruise time before the sailing? Yes, we flew down a couple days before, worked remote from the Hard Rock Hollywood and uh, had dinner down on the uh, Las Solas in downtown Fort Lauderdale. If you've never explored that area, they have a lot of great restaurants and and night scene there. So um, definitely check it out if you're not interested in doing a beach beach day. Yeah, it's a really cool area over there. So you make your way to the Port Everglades Cruise Terminal, the new one for Celebrity. How was embarkation? Embarkation was really easy. Uh, We were in the retreat, so they had a special drop-off unloading area, and it was in the new terminal. Uh, I think it's I I don't recall which terminal number it was, but it was the new terminal. And uh, because we were in the retreat, we got expedited through security and check-in and were able to uh, relax in the lounge uh, with snacks and beverages before they let us on board. Now, when you get on board with the retreat, like, so for instance, when you're on NCL and you're staying in the Haven, which I know is a little bit different, but do they take you through a separate entrance on the ship, like a special elevator and all that? Or is it you just walk on the ship and walk into the atrium like everyone else? Uh, Yes, you do walk right onto the atrium like everyone else. Um, The only, you know, difference between retreat and non-retreat is just being able to get on the ship first. Um, But otherwise, it's pretty much the same same path. Uh, No private elevators for the retreat. Now, I remember you sailed Apex, and this ship's a little bit different, has some minor tweaks from Apex to um, Ascent. Did you notice anything right off the bat when you boarded the ship that you're like, oh, this is a little bit different? Yes. And right when we board, you you board right off the uh, uh, Grand Plaza, which is Celebrity Edge Series version of the atrium. And that is where they really optimize that space with uh, the new... Daniel Balud restaurant called La Voyage, uh, the the Martini Bar, which is now the center focus of that space, and a few other enhancements and new bars and and, and restaurants you know throughout the ship. Um, but that was the biggest noticeable difference um, through it. And of course, they did do the style updates and did brief you know theming and colors that were a little different. Um, than the apex when we were on it before. That's right, because the martini bar is actually more towards the center of that area instead of up against the wall. You got it, and it definitely is a hopping place on the evenings uh, for the quintessential flair bartenders that Mm -hmm. Celebrity is becoming known for, and of course all the late-night dancing and silent discos that they do in that space which is programmed really well. You make your way to the retreat stateroom. What kind of cabin was it or what kind of, I guess, suite was it on this voyage? And what did you think of it? We stayed in, I believe it's called an S1 Sky Suite. Uh, I was on deck 10 forward on the aft side of the ship. Uh, The Sky Suites are, in essence, one and a half of a regular uh, veranda uh, stateroom. 
uh, with the Swiss shower in the bathroom, a large tub, and the one and a half size balcony, which was really nice for uh, sailaways. And other times you just want to take a second and, and get some fresh air. Other notable things in the bathroom is they have, I think what they call it, and I might be getting this wrong, Doug, but it's called like a peekaboo mirror, where you open the mirrors up in the bathroom and you can actually see the ocean from the bathroom, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I might That might be the wrong name for it, but I'll let you be the judge. How much technology is integrated in these staterooms now? Fully integrated through the smartphone and the wall controls where you can control every single light in the room via the celebrity app along with the TV and the curtains and the thermostat. So it's fully smart. Um, You know, you always ask about USBs and I I find that it's interesting that Apex and um, Ascent still in the sky suites don't have both sides of the bed with USB or plugs. So it's strange that I still didn't have each side of the bed with a plug. Wasn't a huge deal, but would have been a nice convenience to, to add an upgrade to the room. No, for sure. Now, I'm, I'm curious, though, do they have USB-Cs yet or just regular USB ports? Regular USBs with a standard um, US outlet in the room. They haven't upgraded to USB-C yet. Interesting. Okay. Have you there... have you seen any ships with USB-Cs lately? Yeah, actually, um, Carnival Venezia has them in some rooms. Um, when I've sailed it twice, my room had it the first time. It didn't the second time. But also Norwegian Viva had it on both sides of the bed. Seems like a great opportunity to jump on. Let's talk about dining on Celebrity Ascent. We will start at the top at the Ocean View Cafe, the buffet area. How was that? Yeah, we had a couple of lunches there and uh, we didn't have any formal sit-down dinners. We did do a Thanksgiving sailing. So I I don't know if, if you've sailed over a holiday before, but we really didn't have many expectations about whether they would be doing traditional um american thanksgiving meal but on thanksgiving they did have the full spread throughout the whole day uh, which included the traditional turkey potatoes and everything else included Um, and then they did also offer on the last sea day it was called a buffet extravaganza in which the place was packed because they had lobster claws and crabs on the on on the buffet and I've never seen a buffet so busy, but it's also rare to see that high high end of material uh, of ingredients on on a buffet. Yeah, no, for sure. Now, as far as um, the main dining room, I know they have. Is it there's like three or four main dining rooms on that ship? Which ones did you dine at um, on your sailing, and what did you think of them? From a main dining room perspective, we because we had Lumine and had a few specialty dining options booked. Uh, we did not partake any uh, in any of the four uh, main dining rooms on that ship. Uh, the only time we did go into uh, the main dining room was for a wine tasting in Cosmopolitan. But otherwise, we did uh, Lumine for dinner, Eden, and then the Steakhouse uh, for the other dinners. So let's talk about the uh, specialty restaurants. And we'll start at Lumine. That's the sweet uh, restaurant there. How was that? And is Lumine... Is it within the retreat area or do you have to walk to a different side of the ship to actually dine there? You know, somebody is is speaking from experience uh, after sailing in the Haven on Norwegian. The 
the key difference between the the haven on Norwegian and the retreat is the haven tries to have an integrated ship within a ship concept where you don't necessarily leave the decks where all of your amenities and staterooms are. With retreat, you do have to go to the forward part of the ship at the top to get to the lounge, the sun deck, and luminae. Um, was it a make or break? No, but it does make it a little special when you have your own little enclave of all of your amenities uh, within a single space. Uh, Luminae is a restaurant. They do do a rotating menu. Um, so it makes it a little challenging to really find that one item that you really like and want to go back for. But otherwise, it was a really nice experience. And my favorite part of Luminae is actually at breakfast with the Dolce de Leche croissants. Uh, which I definitely treat myself to uh, whenever uh, we're sailing in the retreat. You mentioned a couple other venues you dined at, so let's tackle those. Sure. Uh, by far, you know, even in our past experiences on Celebrity, Eden still remains supreme as the number one restaurant we have ever had um, on our cruise ship. Again, this is subjective, so other Patreons may 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 disagree. But what makes Eden special? is that they do have an open, dedicated kitchen for the, food, for the food, which means that it's not traveling down a hallway. It's not traveling from a central kitchen. And from a consistency perspective, between the multiple times that we've had Eden, including the two times on this sailing, it is 100% consistent all the time. And you never really are leaving a disappointed. Um, favorite dish there were, was the... Um, filet and the mini beef wellington which was very tasty and rivaled something you would get at a gordon ramsay restaurant uh, on on land and then after your two nights at eden where'd you go we went to the steakhouse uh which i think it's called prime cut mm-hmm. don't quote me on that or just the steakhouse on on the ship and and you know you, you had given feedback before that the shows in the atrium or grand plaza sometimes bleed into the steakhouse and what was very noticeable is that they piped not only the flair bartending into the steakhouse but also the live music so if that's if you're wanting a you know a a nice date night where it's quiet and cozy i do find that that's not the case at this steakhouse where it is a little bit more lively with the music being piped in and um, from a food perspective, it was very good. Um, had the filet, and then um, the waiter opted to uh, serve our table of five, just all the um, sides, so we were able to try them all. And uh, the gruyere, I think that's how you say it, tater tots are pretty good. So 10 out of 10 would recommend if you're on the ship to get those at the steakhouse. Outside of those restaurants, did you do any kind of... Uh we'll call it grab and go type food around the ship at a, like any cafes or poolside or anything. Yes. At the retreat sun deck, they have the sun deck bar and restaurant in which they have light bites. And I did have lunch one day and ordered the chicken grilled chicken on a croissant. And it was very tasty and a really nice option. And they have a really good poolside menu where you just want to stay all day at the sun deck, um, you can either have it delivered directly to your uh, lounger, or you can go to the little seating area they have by the bar and, and order there. 
Otherwise, didn't grab too much um, because it seems like they're always feeding you on these ships, whether it's in the lounge or snacks. And um, you never really are hungry on a celebrity cruise ship. How do they divide the retreat area from the regular pool area? Like, is it is it patrolled or are there access points? To get into the retreat from the elevator banks, you have to have your key card to actually access the door to get in through the stairs or the elevator banks area. And then there is a portion of the retreat that is, sh- is shared with the upper level of the what they call the resort deck. And uh, there's a glass door that you just swipe your your badge and then can come in. Is it patrolled? I, I, I don't know. It, it might be. But otherwise, I mean, from a sea day perspective and 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 crowding. I mean, yes, it, the retreat was full, but it wasn't that hard to find a, a spot to relax either in the shade or in the sun or even get in the pool or the hot tubs. I know this was a very short cruise, but how was the entertainment for the four-nighter? We, of course, partook in the Grand Plaza Entertainment, which were, you know, the house, house bands and house singers. And what they had claimed on the ship was a brand new world premiere of their new um, signature show. And it's, I believe on the ascent called awaken. And what that was, was essentially a really nice interpretation a visual and physical interpretation of modern songs from like the weekend and Harry styles. Um, again, I, I've only, we've only cruised the other edge class, which was apex, which had, which had the tree of life. And from my perspective, the Tree of Life is much more visually striking and appealing. But otherwise, the LED screen that they use behind the stage has definitely been upgraded from a quality perspective. And if, if I assume if it were a longer cruise, they would offer movies. And that would be a pretty sick place to watch, you know, some movies that with in the high def massive screen that they have. Yeah, um, certainly. On the ship. Uh, outside of the theater... You hit up any comedy clubs or late night discos or anything? Yes, we did the silent disco the last night. And then something that the cruise director was promoting was a outdoor resort deck party in which they set up a DJ and threw some lights in the pool and, you know, had some outdoor dancing similar to how I I think they do that on, on spice H2O on some of the older Norwegian ships and, I've seen pictures that look very similar to the Virgin Voyages deck parties that they have. So I think they're they're learning to program that space because it's pretty cool. There's nothing better to, to have the ship rocking a little bit, the wind blowing, and you're dancing to your favorite favorite music. Um, I'm not sure if you're a – are you a club person, Doug? In my 20s, absolutely. As I got older, social anxiety creeped in and not so much. Fair. And, and I, I think from a weather-permitting perspective – with with the the clubs and all that stuff you know there's still the club formerly named the club on on the edge class ship which you can go in if if you want to find a, a different music or different dj yeah they certainly have their their venues on there to choose from which is awesome um the casino on celebrity ships i know they were they went back and forth for a couple of months no smoking but you can vape you can't vape did you notice if it, what the uh the temperature was on that current temperature is no smoking no vaping from a casino perspective um we did speak to uh the casino host and, you know, she, she shared some upcoming news around uh, some of the consolidation of some of the programs and policies between 
Royal Caribbean Group, Royal Caribbean Cruise Line, and then, of course, Celebrity. And um, she said that you should probably anticipate from a casino playing perspective and in the Celebrity Casinos that the programs are going to start becoming more similar, which if you do play on both lines, that's pretty advantageous so that your, you know, your worth is um, the same on both where you might be able to do offers from both lines based on casino play, which is a huge perk. Sea days, you had two sea days on this sailing. How were they as far as crowds and congestion? You know, Doug, they they probably were about the same um, as with any ship where the, the peak locations, which were the ones under the, the loungers under the umbrellas or the loungers next to the pool or with the special day beds were first to go. Um, but otherwise, you could pretty much always find a space when we walk through the resort deck if you wanted to find a lounger um, in the sh- in the shade or even in the sun, maybe not necessarily to the pool. Um, I- I'm not sure how other lions are doing it recently, but Celebrity was being pretty aggressive with putting these um, gla- uh, plastic plexiglass signs on all the, the loungers saying don't reserve it and after 45 minutes or remove your stuff. Um, I, I didn't see that being enforced, but I, I don't know if they're starting to be a little bit more, um, you know, proactive on that on other cruise lines. Have you um, seen any cruise lines really effectively enforce uh, lounge chair reservers? Just Royal Caribbean and Carnival I've seen. Okay. Um, I was on Viva a few months ago and I saw stuff in chairs for an hour and a half and they were, it was still sitting there <laughs> Both times, uh, like we walked off the ship and came back on and grabbed lunch and the stuff was still there. So I I don't think that certain cruise lines are enforcing it. Or I should say, I don't think certain ships are enforcing it as much as others. I guess the lesson is don't be a chair hog and (laughs) get there early if you want the seat. On this sailing, you did uh, just one port, which was Cozumel, Mexico. Did y'all do anything there? Yes, we did. Uh, It was definitely a great excursion. Uh, So we were in port from... Uh, around 7 a.m. through 6 p.m. And we decided to do a half-day Jeep adventure to, I believe it was called Punta Sur Eco Park, which was a national park that had uh, ruins, uh, scuba diving, the beach break if you wanted it, and then a pharmacy and a tequila tasting there. And from a value perspective, it was well-priced and was nice to, you know, have it all in one location where you weren't being shuttled from, you know, the, the beach break to the scuba and the scuba to the tequila. So if, you're, um, if your listeners are looking for a Cozumel uh, uh, excursion, I would definitely recommend it. And it was available for, um, you know, people of all abilities. So you didn't have to be a big adventure seeker to really enjoy enjoy that event, that um, excursion. Did you say a pharmacy? Yes, I did say a pharmacy, okay. so which get... was very unique uh-huh. <laughs> to have a person uh, when we got to the beach holding a sign with all the top meds from Ambien to Adderall to Xanax to anything else you wanted to, uh, to, to, to buy uh, while you were there. Um, because I'm curious, I did check on the prices and definitely majorly inflated and uh, you can buy it with your cash or credit card, which is pretty interesting um, amenity. I 
bought some, no, not, not amoxicillin. I bought a Z pack there and, uh, I just really needed it once on a sailing about a year ago. I paid like close to $40 for it where at my, uh, at Publix, the pharmacy is like a few dollars with my insurance. Oh yeah. That's what a couple of people priced, uh, uh, some of their medications compared to, you know, their, their U S insurance versus, uh, uh, what was being offered. And I, I think some of the pills were coming up to like 30 bucks a pill. Wow. So almost $500 up for a bottle of whatever the prescription or the, the drug that they were asking about. <laughs> so you make your way back on the ship and you're heading back to Port Everglades, uh, a pretty uneventful sailing, nice weather, nothing, no crazy storms or anything you went through. Yeah, no, no crazy storms uh, was smooth as glass uh, from a, a sailing perspective. And um, I, I think the one thing that, you know, as I as I look back on this cruise, the unofficial inaugural sailing, it, it still was fun to be the first people on the ships and the first ones using the amenities. Um, while we didn't get the celebrity, you know, spokespeople or the full full um, C-suite from Celebrity and Royal there. Uh, it was still a, a, a great cruise, and it was fun to be the the first ones on the ship. So I have to ask you, like, how soon could you get off the ship in the morning, uh, and how was debark? I'm actually sailing in a couple of days, so I'm very curious about catching a morning flight back here to Jacksonville. The official reservation or itinerary uh, said arrival was at 7 a.m., mm-hmm. And we were cleared by authorities at 730. Okay. Uh, for this for this sailing, uh, we did not have our bags checked and did um, self-assist or walk off. And when we decided to walk off the ship, we walked right off with pretty much no lines and, and, and no issue getting off the ship. Are you a person that likes to check their bags or do you just like being in control? And Absolutely stay? not. I, do, I will not check my bag. I always have concerns about that late night outfit yeah. and out of pack, you know, with, with the toiletries and stuff. But um, I, I think from a cruise line perspective, that's just to minimize chaos with everyone holding their massive luggages in the elevators and, and trying to get off the cruise. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like, um, because I travel with so much gear. I also like to put some of my gear in my suitcase as well, like the tripod and everything. So I don't want to part with that. God forbid something happens somewhere along the way, you know? Oh, 100%. Okay, so earlier we talked about one of the changes, which was the martini bar more towards the middle of the atrium instead of against that wall. Uh, Did you notice any other changes having recently sailed Celebrity Apex and now on Ascent? Uh, Maybe some, I don't know, this or that is a little bit different now? Yes, uh, there were a few um, notable improvements. One of them, or maybe not an improvement, just different, was... um, the trippy hallway to walk to Eden. Mm-hmm. Uh, believe on Apex, it's brushed metal, and now it is glossy, mirrored, and still trippy. But that was slightly different, and uh, always an interesting treat to walk back to Eden through that little trippy hallway. The other big one in that area was the art gallery, much more refined, much more upscale, upscale and much more conducive to looking at the art as you're walking through. As I think about the the rest of the ship, I mean, the, the LED screen, as I explained, was definitely upgraded uh, from a quality perspective. And then the retreat sun deck itself, you know, uh, similar to the beyond, 
um, has now two decks and is is laid out a little bit better to be more conducive uh, to the higher number of uh, suites that they have on board in which they needed a bigger retreat um, area, bigger luminae, restaurant, etc. I'm pretty sure I'm missing other details like theming and decor in which some restaurants may have been themed a little different. But all in all, based on pictures I've seen of Beyond and Apex, it was very similar from the three ships. The retreat lounge, is that just for retreat guests? Or they, do they open that up to upper tier loyalty guests at some point during the cruise? Yes, they did open it to, I think, the top tier on the celebrity program is Zenith. And they had a little iPad station out in front of the retreat lounge where, you know, invited Zenith guests or something like that. Um, from a customer of the retreat and a customer of the retreat lounge, I didn't find that it was overly crowded or any of my service or amenities were different. Um, I, I, I assume that most of these um, cruise line companies are doing analysis on the data and the volume of high a tiered guest probably wasn't going to be a major impact. And from a customer, I didn't notice any different by allowing those frequent loyal guest of celebrity access to the retreat lounge. Gotcha. Well, you were on the very first sailing. So do you have any tips for anyone who is sailing Celebrity Ascent? Yes. Uh, First time tip would be if you're really interested into fine dining to book the new Daniel Balloon Le Voyage restaurant ASAP or as soon as possible, because that restaurant when we walked in only has around seating for less than 20. So it's very in high demand. And unfortunately, we were not able to partake in it. And then otherwise, just have a good time. And uh, a lot of your classic celebrity items are there to uh, to enjoy um, on the ship. Looking back, what was the biggest highlight of this sailing for y'all? I think the biggest highlight was being the first person to sleep in, in, in the bed. And uh, being, I, I think we were the fifth people uh, fifth group on the, on the ship or fifth person on the ship, which was a pretty cool highlight um, for for this cruise. Absolutely. Well, in closing here, your final thoughts of Celebrity Ascent. You know, ha- having been on Apex in short order right before getting on the Ascent, they really have perfected the Edge class. And I'm really in- anticipating what changes will happen to the ship and the cruise line and the brands after the new Celebrity Excel ship and where the uh, cruise line takes its ships next. Absolutely. I've been talking with Sheldon about his inaugural sailing on the brand new Celebrity Ascent. Sheldon, as always, good talking to you, my friend. Thank you so much for the review. Thanks, Doug, for having me, and I hope to be on your show soon. All right, Dougie, let's see what we got for you, buddy. Cruise Radio is produced at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Get cruise news, ship reviews, and money-saving tips every Thursday on Cruise Radio. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show. If you want to help spread the word, give Cruise Radio a five-star review. Find Cruise Radio where you listen to your favorite podcast or online at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. 
And right now you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.